0: Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. As salamu It is Tuesday, <coughs> the 2nd of August 2022. And uh, in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 343. These days we're looking at uh, Uh, The words used in chapter 2 Al-Baqarah verse 102 and this is our 24th broadcast in dealing with the words of just this one verse of the Holy Quran. These broadcasts are uh, brought to you by LASER, Lahore M.D.A. School of Education for or of religion. This is a uh, branch of uh, the Lahore M.D.A. Movement or M.D.A. Manishaat-e-Islam. <clears throat> The MD uh, movement was established by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Dulala, whose teaching was that although other people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad a prophet will come this cannot be correct because the Holy Quran says that uh, the Holy Prophet is khatm un and uh, <clears throat> The Holy Prophet explained the meaning of this term by saying "La Nabi Yabad. No prophet after me. So now no prophet can come, whether it's an old prophet or a new prophet, etc. The companions of the Holy Prophet Muhammad they asked the, the Holy Prophet that uh, when uh, uh, after Sometime after previous prophets had died, their uh, ummas went astray. So, what will happen to uh, the Muslims if no prophet is to come? And the Holy Prophet said that instead, Mujaddadi or reformers will appear to correct. The Muslim understanding of their actions and so on. Not not Islam, but the way it's being practiced. And uh, uh, this was a chain of reformers which started appearing, who started appearing about a century after the Holy Prophet Muhammad had passed away. And uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib also said that uh, his distinction from other reformers, other mujaddids, was that the Hadith also spoke of the coming of a Messiah and a Mahdi. He said the Hadith also says that it's one and the same person. Now, if no Prophet can come, then it must be that a Muslim Mujaddid has been addressed by these titles. And he said he was the person who was addressed as the Messiah and, uh, and the Mahdi. This of course is a, uh, a point where there is a difference of opinion. But sadly what happened was that uh, those uh, Muslims not in the Jamaat, not in the organization Amdiya, started saying about uh, the founder that he's a heretic and uh, people in the uh, Amdi Jamaat are heretic and so on. And uh, Hazrat Sahib did not say that those who rejected his claim were uh, non-Muslims or heretics uh, etc. In response, in response he pointed out that uh, um, he pointed to the Hadith of the Holy Prophet which said that uh, if one reciter of the Kalima says to another reciter of the Kalima that you are not a Muslim then it's the person saying it who's not a Muslim. So much did the Holy Prophet dislike this thing. <clears throat> and Hazrat Mehtaullah <clears throat> Ahmad also said that other people believe that some prophetic revelation is missing from the Holy Quran and even some prophetic revelation that is in the Holy Quran, its command has been abrogated. The words are there. What the point is of having words in the Holy Quran which are ineffective, I don't know. But anyway, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam ahmed said that God has said that He has revealed the Holy Quran and God has promised in the Holy Quran that He will protect and guard it. So how can anything which is protected and guarded by Allah have something missing from it or have things in it which are abrogated and cancelled? And uh, Ahmed also stressed that uh, uh, <coughs> Jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim but the jihad defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad not by some seminary established hundreds of years after the Holy Prophet had passed away. And the Holy Prophet when returning from fighting said Muslims were returning from jihad-e-askar, the minor jihad to jihad akbar the major jihad and then he explained that jihad akbar or the major Jihad is Jihad-bin-Nafs a struggle with your own soul, with your own desires to fulfill which you sometimes do the wrong thing. So with that let's go to the verse of the Holy Quran Verse hundred and two, as I said, and I'll recite uh, the part uh, that we are going to discuss today. (laughs) A'uzu billahi mina shay'iniradhi, Bismillahi rahmanir rahim wa la (coughs) Sama <coughs> Anfusahum, and uh, evil is the price for which they have sold their souls. So, today we are going to look at. Vallabhi, Sa, Ma, and Shiro. So let me go to my notes on the computer. So the, the first. Uh, I was going to say word, I will always say word, but it's really term. Well, a bisa. It consists of sort of three thoughts. Wa, which is the connecting word, it connects what's to come with what's gone previously. La, that is emphasis uh, to stress something and uh, be sa surely evil a word and uh, its root is Ba Hamza Seen and uh, this uh, root appears in the Holy Quran, in six different forms, in total seventy-three times, forty times as Bsa, and twenty-five times as Bas or Bas, actually, to be correct about it, and uh, <coughs> It means to be wretched, to be evil, Um, also to grieve. It also means stress, punishment, anything that has suffering, adversity, anything that has the significance of hardship in it. So, let me go to my notes from my... Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so one thing that is found, and, and, and really you have three forms of this expression Unloose, uh, very mass and the main thing is as i said earlier on that uh, uh, hardship and something that is disliked are found in that the first uh, expression booze is used for when there is hardship arising from uh, poverty or lack of food and hunger uh, etc but also hardship caused by fighting whereas the other two they're used to signify um, wounding physical wounding and uh, loss. So the Holy Quran, for example, says, Wallahu Ashadu Ba Ashaddu tanqila," chapter four, verse eighty-four. That God, as far as fighting is concerned, God is very strict as He is strict with punishment. Or in chapter 6, verse 42, it says, And because of their disobedience, it's because of their disobedience that uh, they're punished with hardship and uh, difficulty and that kind of thing. And then about uh, those people subjected to this, it may be a trial to see how they behave. It may be a punishment. But God says, وَالصَّابِرِينَ wa And in difficulty, in trials and in pain, and uh, and they have to fight they are steadfast so whenever this group is subjected to any difficulty or trial you know they don't turn and run and that is the distinguishing feature of a real believer that he doesn't give up at the time of difficulty. He remains steadfast. He prays to Allah not to take away the trial that he is being subjected to but give him strength to remain steadfast and not let the slightest doubt enter his mind. But uh, the Holy Quran also refers to a very important psychological principle which people should think over. Fala tab tois chapter eleven verse thirty six. Don't get into this circle of remaining sad and so. So whatever the circumstances God, say, God is saying, don't be sad all the time why is that if you're sad all the time then it's going to lead to depression and you get into a downward circle downward circle and once you get into that circle you lose the will to do anything to redress the problem that you're facing maybe to fight the wrong. You know, some people, uh, I don't know, let's uh, give an example, prices are going up, everything is going up and becoming more expensive and so on. It's on the news in the morning, at lunchtime, in the evening, it's in the newspapers and so on. And some people just get depressed. Oh, what's going to happen? prices are going up. What am I going to do? The point is not to ask you a question. Just sit there and ask you a question. What am I going to do? But treat it as a challenge. To see what you can do. You know, there, there are always difficulties. That you have to find a solution, a way out of them and it is hard, it's very hard but if you just moan and groan and cry and don't do anything about it do you think your your situation will get any better or is it going to get worse and worse and that is the point about this don't be depressed and sad and uh, you know sorrowful all the time try and do something to relieve your situation because it, it only it's only your action that can redress the situation If you're ill, if you don't go to the doctor and you just lie in bed crying saying I'm very ill and my stomach hurts and so on and your appendix is about to burst, what would that achieve? You have to ring an ambulance or drag yourself down to your uh, GP or your hospital or wherever and say I'm sick. Do something. What can I do? And the same thing applies to you know, money matters. Ask yourself, where can I make some savings at this time of price increases? You know, how do I move to buying cheaper goods rather than more expensive ones? What luxuries do I have that I can cut out? You have to be steadfast and come up with a solution and implement that. But there's one thing and of course it helps if there is someone who can uh, support you. But there's one thing that the Holy Prophet Muhammad disapproved of and that was that when people who were in difficulty monetary difficulty would beg others and humiliate themselves and the Holy Prophet strictly forbade this strictly forbade Muslims from humiliating themselves before others. And you know people talk about obeying the hadith of the early prophet Muhammad but if you go to many countries outside the mosque you will find people begging literally on their knees hands folded touching your feet and God knows what else just for the sake of a few coins and the Holy Prophet strictly forbade this Why? Because when you recite Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah I bear witness that there is no God but Allah no Supreme Being apart from Allah Then that means that He is the one that you should turn to for help and not anyone else. And you say it's not just the poor who do this. People who are part of a particular economic level, at a particular economic level, They behave in exactly the same way towards people of a higher level. Falsely praising their bosses, falsely begging their bosses for whatever it might be. Oh, sir, there's no one like you. Oh, sir, you always have brilliant ideas. Oh, sir, you're so clever. Oh sir, what will happen to this office if you transferred or you get promotion and go somewhere else? To the extent that, uh, that it was said about uh, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, that Himalayas would cry if he's removed. Well, he was removed. And he has passed on. But Himalayas didn't cry. Pakistan still remained where it was. The rivers Sindh and Jalem and Chenab and and so on. They weren't flooded with the tears from uh, uh, Himalayas and Mount Everest and so on. It was just that his entourage, his ministers, his advisors, were humiliating themselves, making him akin to God, that only he can sort things out. And it's this sort of mentality, begging mentality, that when a whole nation develops it, then what happens? It's a very dangerous and damaging thing for that nation. Because people of that nation then become incapable of being honest. They are dishonest in talking to their bosses and and so on. Giving advice Whatever stupid thing, some, uh, uh, the owner of a factory or their boss or the minister or the prime minister or the president comes up with, oh, sir, this is brilliant. No one else could have thought of this. wow, wow. wow. And we see this all over the world. And in chapter 39, verse 72, God refers to this and said that you know those who become arrogant because of this they end up in a very bad place. And similarly, God says, Badala, in verse 50. That those who are unjust they are also going to end up in a very bad place. Next word that we are going to look at is ma, just a relative pronoun, it simply means what. And the next word that uh, root appears in two different forms, actually sorry, it consists of two uh, segments as they are called. First segment Shara is a verb and Wa and Hamza that's a pronoun. Anyway, the root is Sheen Wa Ya and occurs in the Holy Quran in two different forms. So, in total, this root appears in the Holy Quran 25 times. And 21 times, I think, as Ashtara and Shara. Uh, four times. So, what does it mean? If I could find the beginning of my notes for this, I would tell you what it means. So, It means, Sell, but it also means to buy. So it refers to both, can refer to both. And uh, mushtari is the buyer, the person paying the money, and ba is the person who takes the money. So when money is concerned, it's fairly clear and the contract law maxims are very common in, in Persian Farsi, it says Mushtari Hushar Bashad in English we say buy it beware, it's literally uh, the same as in Persian, or the Persian is the same as, uh, as, as English. So when money is changing hands, it's uh, fairly clear. But you see, contract law recognizes that uh, I'm talking about English contract law, that it's not always money that changes hands. You know, if I need a plumber and the plumber's child is doing GCSE in maths and I need my boiler changing, I don't have money. And he don't he doesn't have money to give his child private tuition. We could come to an arrangement. Okay, I'll give your child private tuition in maths. And you can change my boiler. Now, no money is changing hands. I'm doing, providing a service and he's providing a service. or alternatively you know currency doesn't exist i need milk now i have chickens she have laid eggs and i know in the next street there is someone who has a cow or some cows so i put these eggs in my pocket to take to that man to ask him you know i want a pint of milk How many eggs will he take for that? Now in the first example, services were being exchanged. Here, actual physical things are being exchanged. So this is why contract law talks about offer and acceptance. And it doesn't talk about currency or price. It talks about consideration. So what is exchanged? It could be money. It could be service for service. It could be things for things. It could be things for service or service for things and and, so on. So when money changes hands, it's easy. Mushtri is the buyer. He's the one paying five pounds, ten pounds, whatever it is. But when services or goods are changing, exchanging, being exchanged, then each person is both a buyer and seller at the same time. I'm selling my ability to teach; that's a service I'm providing, and the plumber is selling his service of being able to change a boiler, or. I'm exchanging my two eggs with this guy for a pint of milk so he's selling a pint of milk I'm selling uh, two eggs he's buying two eggs I'm buying a pint of milk so both people are buyers and sellers at the same time and it's very interesting that despite being different how um, Um, laws of different countries uh, basically have the same principles. So, here uh, was a chapter twelve, verse twenty, and it was sold for a small price. So here it's being used in the sense of selling. And then in chapter 4, verse 74, we have يَشْرُونَ bil-akhirati. So people who buy the hereafter. People who buy the hereafter and in return they want to sell the life of this world. So, for chapter 3, verse 77, Those people who sell God's words for a small price. So here we're talking about two things being exchanged. So I'm told I've overrun my time so with that I'll take my leave of you with the prayer that uh, whoever you are and wherever you may be may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. I welcome our friends from uh, Russia who are watching this welcome to our broadcasts i hope you're enjoying them and i hope you'll contact me to give me your opinion assalamu alaikum khuda hafiz and goodbye